0: Hey guys, this is your host Logan again. Look, I thought I'd jump in here real quick to introduce you to a new segment that I'm introducing on my podcast here. Kind of redundant since this is the second episode, so I haven't had other segments to have a new segment from, but hey, what the heck? Got to start somewhere. I'm calling this reaction traction. Uh, From now on, whenever I listen to something or read something or see something that I think is really powerful, While I still have the traction from the motivation of it, I'm gonna try to react and share my thoughts and feelings and takeaways with you. I hope you guys get something from this. I already recorded this episode, it felt a little clunky, but hey, I'm learning. Bear with me. Thanks for joining me on this journey and enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to the second ever episode of Being More Than Mediocre. Um, I'm your host, Logan Decker, and today I've got something really special for you. I've decided to start a, a new segment of my podcast, which, I mean, I say a new segment like I've got any segments yet, where I react to things that are mo- uh, motivational while I'm still feeling the, uh, the hunger and the, the motivation from whatever it was that I listened to, read, saw, et cetera, et cetera. You might not know this about me yet. One of the things that I really like to do is I like to go on walks and when I'm on my walks, I'll listen to a podcast. Um, when I was back, I used to live in Missouri uh, and when I was back in Missouri, a lot of the time uh, I would do these little walks with one of my best friends and it was a really good opportunity for us to get the, ju- the juices going as it were, where we would, we would dream, we would plan, we would talk about goals and ambitions and concepts and ideas and and those were some of the uh, more inspiring moments in my life. Uh, I, I, that sounds really depressing. It's not. I, I mean this in a really good way. I heard somebody recently talk about how, I mean, if you really want to live a better life, you need to dream more. You need to talk about the future, not dwell on the past, but think about the 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 things that, yeah, sure, maybe they won't ever happen, but they could. And you need to imagine your life in the ways that you want it. And that was what we would do on those walks. And so to help capture that now, even though I live out West and nowhere near him and, and, uh, or anybody that I would walk with on a regular basis and have those kind of talks with, I just, I listen to motivational podcasts. That's what I do instead. And I just kind of dream in my own way as I walk and listen to something. Today's was special. I listened to an episode of the Ed Milette show. And it was, this is it's June 2nd, 2022, by the way, this released today. Uh, The title of the episode is The Speech That Changed Thousands of Lives, Max Out Live, Ed Milet. If you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend that you go listen to it. You can pause and go listen to it now. I won't be offended. Or you can listen to it after. I'm going to give you somewhat of a synopsis as I kind of talk about it here. But I mean, it was just really, a really powerful episode especially compared to some of the others. I mean, he has so many good ones. So to say that this is more powerful than others feels a little sacrilegious, but it really was. And I think the difference was uh, in this particular episode, what it is is it's actually a recording of him at an event speaking to a crowd instead of him recording a podcast like what I'm normally familiar with. Right now, he did release a book, which I actually got yesterday I pre-ordered it it came in yesterday so I'm I'm looking forward to reading that it's called the power of one more Uh, again it's available on Amazon so probably go get that book if you haven't yet Uh, and I'll I'll do a review at some point of it on this podcast as I've read it to tell you kind of what my thoughts are but you know for now I heard this little segment as he was kind of talking about the book and he's got this event that is associated with it and yeah So instead of hearing him talk about, you know, or interview somebody on a podcast, he talked to a crowd and he is a public speaker. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. I mean, I knew, I knew, what am I saying? I had no idea. I didn't realize how good of a public speaker is he is. Um, he really just uses his big boy voice and, uh, he came in just very passionately and very moving in the way that he presented his little speech. So as I was walking and I was listening to this, again, normally on my walks, while I listen to these podcasts, I'll daydream. I'll think about what I want out of my life and how maybe what I'm somewhat taking in applies to that. But that was not the case today. Um, I was on every word. You couldn't stop listening. I couldn't think about anything else. I needed to listen to this man speak. And some of the things that really impacted me and stuck out to me that i want to talk about and i mentioned something along these lines in my first episode ed talked about the idea that just because you're imperfect just because your life might already be a mess that does not mean that you're not qualified for greatness he loves to say that he truly believes that everybody everybody is here on the earth to do something great and to do something incredible. Now, a lot of people don't believe that about themselves. And because they don't believe that they don't wind up doing that, but he truly believes that everybody. And I agree is here to do something great and can do something great. And is totally capable of doing something great and living full, rich, happy, successful lives. He does mention in that, that not only does he believe that everybody is capable of Of doing something great, but that they're much closer to that greatness and to being successful than they realize, which was kind of interesting to to hear him talk about and and some of the reasons why he said that. Uh, He gave an example of what he called compounding pounding, which he shared an example of a party with a pinata and a bunch of kids. And, you know, everybody picks the next person to take the bat and you get the first kid and he comes out real strong and just whacks on this pinata a couple of times and it doesn't break. You know, oh, bummer. So he hands off the stick. The next kid, you know, spin him around, get him pointed in the right direction, whacks on the pinata again, and it doesn't break, no candy. And you go through all of these kids, and eventually you get to the last kid, and he's a scrawny, he was the last kid picked, gives it the wimpiest hit, and it busts open, and everybody gets the candy. And everybody celebrates together because everybody gets the reward of the candy. And the idea that he's, he's talking about with this is, Was it, was it the last kid's hit that broke the pinata or was it the compound pounding of, of this collected effort between all the kids as they would take turns, just boom, 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 breaking down this pinata, even though the breakdown of it was invisible and in the background and you didn't see the fruits of it until the last kid came along. It was a group effort as everybody just pounded on this. So you've this compound pounding principle where he talks about, you know, Hey, success, it's just right around the corner and you just have to keep Knocking on that door. You just have to keep going and going and going. And eventually the pinata breaks and you have it. You've done something great. So that was kind of a really cool little concept. But again, going back, you know, talks about, you know, the imperfection, not, not really disqualifying you from, from moving forward. And he, he did have a quote and I actually, I texted a friend of mine, the quote, I mean, I just kind of had to share it right off the bat, but he said, that god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called now ed mylett has a very uh faith-based uh, background um he loves to do a lot of the things that he does based off of his belief in god and faith and that that kind of speaks to me still too i'm not the everybody that knows me closely knows that i'm not the world's most religious person you know and i don't make the best religious choices and that's fine you know everybody's on their own path i have my own belief system and testimony of 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 the divine and everything and and that's for me but i still really liked that quote uh, because i really do believe i believe that it's not about being qualified and that that puts you in the position to help that puts you in the position to do good and to go somewhere in life it's about being willing I, i really do think that's a big part of it it's about being willing willing to try willing to make an effort and it's that will that that makes you successful in that effort. So I mean, it was just that was a really kind of important part of the of the of the podcast to me of what of his little speech, not the podcast of his speech. So his book again, it's called "The Power of One More." So he does talk about the power of one more, and what that is is developing a mindset in life of you always do one more. And the reason he's come up with this concept the the way he explains it is that he, he spends a lot of time around very successful people and star athletes, Hollywood elite people, businessmen, anybody you can think of. He spends a lot of time about all around all of these people because he does work as a high level personal coach. And so a lot of these people actually reach out to them and he was trying to quantify what it is that sets these truly successful people apart from everyone else. And what he came up with is they're always the ones that will do one more. When you're in the gym and the normal person's going to do 10 reps on the bench press, the truly great person will do one more you're going to run 30 minutes on the treadmill, the truly, truly successful person will do one more minute. You know, if you're making sales calls and you're going to do 10 sales calls, the truly successful person will do one more sales call, you know? And so he he talks about that. It's, you know, that this mindset that you can develop of doing one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. And then he turned that and he shared a story about from his personal life with his father. His father passed away recently and his father was an alcoholic who had become sober when Ed Milette was much younger and had changed his life and turned his life around, which was a very impactful deal for Ed Milette himself. And one of the things his father would always say was that it was just one more day. He'd ask his dad, are you going to drink today, dad? And his dad would say, well, I don't know, but I know I'm not going to today. Um, and interestingly enough, I mean, in my own life with my dad, he likes to share a story. When he was younger, he used to smoke and he quit. And how he, he says that he quit, the concept that he, he used was, was really the same thing. It was that addiction recovery concept of, I don't know if I'm going to quit smoking forever, but I know I'm going to quit today. I'm not going to smoke today. And I mean, if you talk to him about it, he says he still craves cigarettes today. He still wants to smoke every day. Um, And he just continues to have that, but I'm not going to today uh, mindset. And so it's the same concept. And that's a really powerful idea that you can use in other parts of your life. I mean, my life's not Always fun it's stressful I mean some of that's me. I stress myself out I get in my own head, but I am trying to work on this this idea of you know what when I have a hard day i just don't I don't have to think about how I have a hard week. I just have to think about how I have a hard day and I just need to make it through one more day if I can work hard, if I can deal and embrace the suck for one more day then i'll be fine you know and then tomorrow it's one more day I just have to do one more day and i'll be fine. And it goes back to that compound pounding where as long as I keep having these, I, I just do this one more day. I struggle one more day. I, uh, I can find success at the, uh, at the end of the road, the golden pot at the end of the rainbow. So one more day, you know, power of one more. It's a good habit when I'm trying to work on when you should probably work on too the other thing that really stood out in this this particular episode the last thing i kind of want to touch on and it all it all tied together it all ties back into that power of one more it all ties back into you know your mess doesn't disqualify you which he does use a really good example of that with his dad and his dad's sobriety too where he talks about you know somebody somebody helped his dad you know along the line back when his dad was a mess somebody was there for his father that made a difference and his father was able to turn his life around and in turn his dad paid that forward 10 million times and would would help whoever he could which his background the thing that qualified him to help other people come to sobriety was that he had been an alcoholic or was an alcoholic the thing that qualified him was that he hit rock bottom it wasn't that he was successful. The qualifying thing was the mess. So I thought that was, again, very interesting, very good point. Don't forget that your struggles are often what qualify you to help, to help others and to make the world a better place. Anyway, so he he talks again about his, his dad dying and the funeral and all of these people that came forward and shared how his father changed their lives and paid it forward and was impactful for them and then he kind of goes over the things that you know hey people that think they're not motivated people that think man you just you just don't know my story you don't know how I'm gonna get ahead the things that really motivate you the things that really get you get you from where you are to where you want to be which is the whole point of this podcast becoming more than mediocre they're your loved ones. They're the ones you love and focusing on them. That's what gives you motivation and focusing on the end, looking towards the end to see what you need to become. And he uses kind of two examples of this. Uh, he talks about, you know, seeing all of these people say these things about his father and at his father's funeral and how that just inspired him more. And uh, I can, I can relate with that one. I have two, two examples really in my life. I, I, uh, several years ago, I went to the funeral of a man named Wayne Eccles. He was my um, piano teacher when I was a kid. Uh, It was her husband. So, and Mrs. Eccles was like a second or third grandma to me when I was a kid. She was wonderful. I, I still love that woman. She's, She's cool. <laughs> She's just a really cool person and a very talented pianist and, and uh, maybe not the best piano teacher for me in particular, because she was a little too forgiving. Um, if I didn't practice or if I was struggling with something, instead of making me figure it out, she had a, she had a habit of just helping me, you know, cause I was, I was very audio, audio visual. Like I, I didn't sight read much when I was little. I mean, I could, I understood the concept But really what helped me to get through learning songs was to hear it. And so if I was stuck on something, instead of making me sit there and read it through and think it through and learn it, sometimes she'd just sit down and play it for me first. And then I could play it, which again, maybe not the best concept for teaching me how to learn how to play piano, but it worked. And I I like I loved her dearly for it. So her husband was involved in an accident several years ago and passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. And I did go to his funeral. It was back in a small town in Missouri called Monette. And the, the building that we held the service in, um, before we followed the procession out to the little uh, graveyard where he was buried, uh, it was a fairly large chapel and it was full. I mean, it was more than full. Uh, the overflow was open and also full and there were people in, standing in the lobby. I've never seen, I mean, I've been to funerals. I've never seen a funeral like that. Not one where he, you could just tell this man was universally loved. There wasn't anybody that he had ever met who he didn't impact in a positive way. And I didn't know Wayne Eccles that closely. I was there for Mama Eccles, but i that was a impactful and life-changing moment in my life to be at this man's funeral and to see the people there and to hear what his children said about him. Uh, he had served a Mormon mission when he was younger to South America. And as a result had developed a love for the Latin America, the Latin American community in the area and would work very closely with them whenever, whenever possible, he'd go to their congregations and, and help out with with whatever was needed. He did speak Spanish. Often he would work uh, as a translator and help translate uh, for anybody that needed it. And in a way where he was very good at making a person feel loved and feel seen and feel wanted. And that's a big part of why there was such a showing was I don't think that anybody knew Wayne Eccles without feeling loved and seen. And so he was very good at that a couple of years after that, and a couple of years ago, not very long ago, actually uh, my great uncle Lawrence passed away and I went out to his funeral out out east. It was in the washington d c area and uh, the service that we had was was actually several several months after his passing, but you know he passed during kind of the height of of the pandemic and and because of everything being closed down my cousin didn't want to have the service if nobody was going to be able to come and again similar to, to wayne uh, it was the same kind of people wanted to come you it wouldn't have been right to not wait for some of the same reasons and i mean of course it was my great uncle or my poppy as we used to call him of course i knew he was amazing i don't think i realized how amazing he was to people outside of our family until that funeral for some of the same reasons he was very good at making a person feel seen and loved and going out of his way to show uh, love for everybody now he was a a deacon in his church and would often kind of do local missionary work where he was the guy that would call people and It was fun to sit in this in this building and listen to all of these people get up and talk about how they came to be part of that church community and how it all stemmed back to getting a phone call or more often than not a visit from from poppy welcoming them to come join that congregation and again making them feel welcome and invited and following up with them and visiting them afterwards and from both of those experiences, I I would say the thing that stood out to me most or that I thought at really both of them was I want to be like that. What kind of funeral do I want to have? I don't want to have one where it's just my family and maybe a couple of friends. I want one where a community shows up, which sounds prideful and that's not what I mean. I mean that... I want to put so much love out in the world and goodness out in the world that people know from me that I see them. Now, am I very good at it? No, (laughs) I don't think I am yet, but it's something that I, I definitely, I want, it's a desire. It's a desire that I have and something I can work on and I can practice. So I guess my challenge for you would be to also, Maybe look towards the end of your life and think about what do you want what do you want your funeral to look like? Who do you want to be there? What do you want them to say about you? And as you get that that end goal in mind, that that gives you an opportunity to work backwards and create a roadmap. How do you become that person? How do you get to that point? And more often than not, it's gonna come down to some of these same same concepts that that Ed Milet was talking about in this particular episode, where you make it one more day. You help other people one more day. You do one more thing. So, really cool, really cool episode. Uh, last thing I'll touch on, which again, just same concept of looking towards the end to help you become who you need to be. Uh, he does talk about one of his beliefs is that when you pass and you go to heaven, God will introduce you to all of your potential in other words the the version of yourself that did all of the things that you could have potentially done became what you were capable of becoming and heaven will be knowing the guy recognizing the guy being that same person and hell will be not recognizing him at all and um just kind of a good food for thought again looking for that roadmap who do you want that guy to be what is the full potential version of you and how do you get there so uh you'll find as we do this little podcast, I'm gonna talk about Ed Milet a lot. There's many, many, many interviews I've listened to of his that have been extremely impactful for me and, and have helped helped me in my day to day and 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 really have traction in my life uh, as far as what my goals are. so highly recommend you listen to him if you haven't highly highly recommend you listen to this episode in particular so it was it was good he is way better than me at describing all of these things. And I'm sure I'm gonna reread about a lot of them in this book that I'm getting ready to read by him. So you'll hear more about it from me as well. Anyways, thank you so much for, uh, for listening to me today and joining me on this. I hope that maybe you felt something along the way or were inspired to maybe do a little more. So uh, till next time, that is episode two. Thank you.